0: Taiwan has approved the emergency use and production of local manufacturer Medigen's COVID-19 vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration says that the shot has no safety concerns and that it produces antibodies 3.4 times greater than two doses of AstraZeneca. Health Minister Sun Suzong says that Medigen should be able to deliver a small supply to roll out nationally by August.
1: FDA has
2: Medigen's vaccine has been approved for emergency use and mass production.
1: After a full day of discussion and review, and after considering all our relevant requirements, it is our conclusion that Medigen's vaccine is free of safety concerns. In addition, it is in line with relevant indicators. We have two very important indicators. First, the geometric mean titer ratio among recipients of Medigen and AstraZeneca was 3.4, with a 95% confidence interval. That ratio ratio is far greater than the required 0.67. Second, the zero response rate of Medigen vaccine recipients was 95.9 percent, with a 95 percent confidence interval. That greatly exceeds the required 50 percent.
2: FDA Director General Wu Xiu-Mai said the application was reviewed by a 21-person panel of experts. Approval was granted in a vote of 18 to 1, with one abstention and one favoring a second review with more documentation. She said that approval was for use on people aged
0: 20 and older.
1: We have approved some conditions on its use. One is that it is appropriate for adults 20 and older. The main reason for this is that clinical trials were conducted on people 20 and older. Regarding administration, this vaccine comprises two doses to be delivered 28 days apart. In addition, as recommended by the experts panel, during the designated manufacturing period, the drug manufacturer must provide a safety monitoring report every month. In addition, within one year, the drug manufacturer must submit a report on the vaccine's protective effectiveness to domestic and international agencies. The report must include adverse reactions following the vaccine, etc., as well as efficacy findings. All of that must be reported to us.
2: In a statement, Medigen emphasized that it will perform safety monitoring and conduct phase 3 trials in accordance with all regulations. Medigen thanked the participants of its clinical trial and its research team. It did not say when it planned to launch mass production.
1: Currently, the production capacity is still relatively small, as its reaction tanks are still relatively small. A new manufacturing process is being implemented. It has only just received EUA, and it will take some time before it can expand production capacity. After the vaccine obtains approval from the Advisory Committee on Immunisation Practices, it will be included in our vaccination campaign as soon as possible. By August, we expect to have a small supply ready to deliver.
2: Meanwhile, United Biomedical has its own COVID vaccine candidate under FDA review. With two domestic vaccines in the pipeline, Taiwan is making strides to securing the supply it needs to protect the population.
0: The third round of vaccine registration has closed. Prior to the deadline at noon on Monday, more than 8.86 million people had put themselves on the wait list for the vaccines of their choice. Five million of them said they are willing to take the AstraZeneca vaccine. In that group, everyone 48 years and older will soon receive a text message letting them know they can book their vaccine appointment.
1: Appointments can be made starting 10 o'clock tomorrow morning until noon on July 22nd. Those eligible for an appointment are those in the 6th, 8th, 9th and 10th priority groups, as well as everyone born before December 31st, 1973 inclusive. There are about 1.7 million people who will receive text alerts about making an appointment. Vaccines for this group will be administered between July 23rd and July 29th. To people who do not receive a text alert then, we will send out more texts every Tuesday based on quantity of vaccines delivered. The texts will inform people that they can make a vaccine appointment. People who receive such a text but don't make an appointment will automatically be added to the following week's notification list.
0: Taiwan announced 15 local COVID cases and six imported cases on Monday, along with one COVID-related death. The health minister said there's, quote, a good chance that the Level 3 alert will be lowered after July 26th. He emphasized that the easing of restrictions will be gradual, starting with businesses that are able to enforce social distancing and mask wiring. Guam getaways have turned into one of this summer's hot ticket items. This month, one travel agency has sold all its five-day holiday packages for Guam, which is actively courting international vaccine tourists. So far, the most popular vaccine among these tourists is Pfizer, followed by the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. The traveler waits with a rolled-up
2: sleeve, happy to be getting a vaccine. Taiwan's five-day holiday packages to Guam had sold out fast, and now 22-day stays are fully booked too. The travel agency handling the tours has booked a higher-capacity Airbus A330-300 to meet demand. That flight is said to be the fullest plane departing from Taoyun's airport since the start of the pandemic. The travelers are mostly families and younger adults.
1: The 22-day itinerary is just long enough to get fully vaccinated with two shots of the Pfizer vaccine. The package sold extremely fast, so it sold out really early on. In total, 301 people bought the package.
2: For the 5-day tour, 40% of travelers prefer Pfizer, 34% prefer Johnson & Johnson, and 25% favor Moderna. For the 22-day tour, more than 90% want the Pfizer vaccine, 1% want Moderna, and about 3% don't want any vaccine at all. To meet demand from corporations, the travel agency plans to add more 5-day packages for August.
1: 8月份,很多. Many of our clients in August are likely to come from large firms. Some corporations have called us up, saying they were encouraging their employees to fly to Guam to get vaccinated or even subsidizing their trip. So far, about four companies have inquired about the travel packages.
2: As of July 4th, Guam has waived quarantine for travelers who enter with a negative PCR test. This has allowed travelers to get vaccinated and then start enjoying their holiday right away. The agency says that as individual and corporate interest increases, it may launch shorter
0: itineraries to cater to a wider audience. Power Components supplier Delta Electronics convened its annual shareholder meeting on Monday in a hybrid format due to the pandemic. Shareholders approved a cash dividend of 5.5 NT per share, the most in six years. Company executives projected strong sales ahead, powered by global demand in the electric vehicles segment.
2: Amid the pandemic, Delta's shareholder meeting unfolded on Monday in a hybrid format, with only the chairman appearing in person. He said that the incoming Delta wave would be a high-impact gray rhino event.
1: The Delta virus, you don't know how it's going to change. But it's not a black swan event. It's more like a gray rhino. We have to learn how to survive how not to let the pandemic disrupt production. Here at Delta, we have an epidemic prevention team.
2: The Delta variant is sweeping the globe, ravaging Southeast Asia in particular. Hai said there have been cases at the company's factories overseas. He said the company was using advanced technology to counter spread.
1: Our Taiwanese employees, with the exception of old fogies like myself, They are all quite young, so some of them didn't have a chance to get vaccinated until last Friday. Of course, at our other locations, vaccination progress varies from country to country.
2: Delta's electric vehicle solutions have been at the heart of Tesla's supply chain for a decade. Industry sources say that in every electric vehicle, there is more than $60,000 worth of Delta components. With the EV market expanding fast globally, Delta said it sees strong sales ahead. It also believes that its material shortage will gradually abate.
1: Delta's overall turnover remains tremendous. The rise of electric vehicles is just getting started, and it's growing at a huge rate, by 40-50% to 50% each year. The global materials shortage will continue for some time, but it is easing. Mainly the shortage pertains to IC materials.
2: Also on Monday, Delta shareholders approved a cash dividend of 5.5 NT per share,
0: setting a six-year high. Strong global demand for steel has caused prices to soar. That's led to limited availability of the crucial metal and problems for manufacturers all across industry. Even related materials such as iron ore are surging in price. And economists say that as the world emerges from the coronavirus pandemic in 2021, prices will stay high. This machine produces over 100 screws
2: every minute. Orders are flooding in and workers are on their toes. Global steel prices have gone up, and that means screws are valuable commodities. Steel wire used to be 32 NT a ton. Now it's 42 to 45 NT. Materials used to make molds and paper packaging have risen in value too, meaning the overall price of screws has jumped 15 to 20 (laughs) percent.
1: We count how many pieces they bought and then measure the weight of each individual piece. One bag is about 30 kilograms. The costs involved are considerable. Last month, we adjusted the price by 8 to 9 NT. A kilogram of galvanized iron used to be a hundred and something dollars. Now it's over 200 NT. Copper used to be 300 and something and now it's almost 500 NT. So the second half of the year will be hard. We have the orders but we can't get hold of the material. I was supposed to deliver my first batch of orders in March but I only completed it at the end of June.
2: The surge in steel prices has really hit manufacturers. Prices are high and shortages are increasing. It takes at least two or three months for new orders of steel to come in. <laughs>
1: Rising prices will affect everything, from more raw materials like iron ore, steel billets, and sheet steel, to more processed commodities, like manufacturing equipment and transportation tools, screws, nuts, and so on. Basically, we expect these prices to keep rising until the end of the year.
2: This economist says the global economy will bounce back as COVID recedes, and steel demand will keep rising. But for some
0: in the industry, that won't be plain sailing. Taiwan's main Olympic delegation departed for Tokyo on Monday, four days before the Games' opening ceremony. Athletes competing in 14 sports, including gymnastics and badminton, departed from Taipei's Songshan Airport, where strict public health measures were in place to minimize infection risk. They were sent off by top government officials, including Premier Su Chang, who said that all of Taiwan was rooting for them.
2: Posing for a group photo, Premier Su is here with Team Taiwan at Taipei's Songshan Airport. There's also Minister of Education Pan Wenzhong, as well as Minister Without Portfolio Audrey Tang. Tang dropped out of the Olympic delegation last minute due to COVID prevention measures in Japan, but she and other officials gave a warm send-off to athletes at the airport.
1: On behalf of the government and all the people of Taiwan, I hope you'll give it your all and achieve the best performance you can. Don't feel that there is any pressure on you. Just know that the whole country is rooting for you. We all wish you the best.
2: At the upcoming games, 68 Taiwanese athletes will be competing in 18 sports. They are Taiwan's third biggest delegation on record. There were more in 2004 and 2008 because Taiwan had qualified for the baseball event. Premier Su assured athletes that everyone back home would be rooting for them.
1: Rest assured, the head of our Olympic committee will be ready to complain to me at all times. Whatever needs improvement, whatever we need to do better for you, just let him know since he'll be there with you the whole trip.
2: Strict disease prevention measures were in place to protect the athletes on Monday. They set off from the National Sports Training Center in Kaohsiung's Duying District in the morning, taking a special high-speed rail car separate from the general public. They got off the train at Taipei's Nangang Station, which has smaller crowds, and then boarded a shuttle to Songshan Airport. Their luggage was fully disinfected before checking in. While waiting for boarding, the delegation was assigned a special waiting area to keep infection risk at a minimum. (laughs) The delegation will make its way to Japan on five different flights. The group that departed on Monday was composed of 50 athletes competing in 14 sports. Among them was Taiwan's Queen of Badminton Dai ying champion weightlifter Guo Xingchun, and Prince of pommel Horse Li Zhikai, all prime prospects for gold at the
0: Summer Games. Taiwan has high hopes for women's archery at Tokyo 2020. A veteran team of professional archers has reassembled after making their first joint appearance nine years ago at London 2012. Lei Qianying, Tanya Ting, and Lin Un say they are more mature and better prepared than last time. Let's meet the trio. Taiwan's women's
2: archery team won bronze at Rio 2016. Taiwan also won bronze 12 years earlier in Athens. This month, Lei, Tan, and Lin are heading to Tokyo. The same trio previously competed together in London 2012.
1: I feel very honored to have this opportunity to compete at the Olympics again with Lei Tianying and Tan Yating and to make another attempt at something that we didn't finish before. I'm telling myself the past is the past. This is a new beginning. I will treat it like the first time and challenge myself.
2: Lin says that with another shot at the Games, she wants to have a do over of the job she did in 2012. Meanwhile, Tan, who won bronze in Rio, revealed that she had thought she would miss Tokyo due to an injury from
1: 2018. When I first got injured, I planned to... I decided to retire. Actually, I think in those two years, I experienced lots of difficulties. The injury where I had surgery would be really affected by changes in the weather and by increasing the intensity of my training. My coach really encouraged me, saying my injury didn't matter and that I could use that period to rest and to make some adjustments.
2: With the support of her coach, Tan decided to stay in the sport. Lei is also heading for her third Olympics and has her sights set on the podium.
1: 9 years later, we have all grown a lot, psychologically, technically, in a shooting and in everything. I'm sure we've all grown a lot because we've all been in the Olympic Stadium before, so of course the goal is to get on the podium. That has always been my goal and my dreams at the Olympics."
2: Nine years ago, the trio warmed up in London. Now at the opposite end of Eurasia, they have another chance. Lei, Lin, and Tan are definitely a
0: triad to look out for this summer. More triple stimulus vouchers are coming up. The premier said Monday there will be another COVID stimulus program similar to the vouchers issued last year. Let's hear from him.
1: Last year, our triple stimulus voucher program was extremely successful. The participation rate for the scheme was more than 99 percent, and it boosted the economy by 100 billion NT$. Due to the pandemic this year, domestic demand has been hit hard. We hope to be able to help the industries affected by the pandemic, such as the food and drink sector, retail, tourism, travel and hospitality. There's also the exhibition and performance sector, as well as the arts and cultural events industry. But we will need some time. Also, right now we are under the Level 3 epidemic alert, so we can't urge people to go out and consume. The government will do all it can for the industries and individuals affected by the pandemic, providing a little more help. We'll launch those measures when the time comes. That is to say, launching schemes like stimulus vouchers is better than handing out cash. These vouchers can lift consumption. To a certain extent, the economic revitalization scheme should be geared toward boosting domestic demand for services.
0: The National Development Council confirms that it's designing a second voucher program based on feedback on last year's edition. It said that details on the vouchers will be released at an appropriate time. A charity project to donate lunches to people suffering financially due to COVID is growing exponentially. The project began with a new Taipei coffee shop offering its basic meal set to people who had lost their jobs or families struggling to cope without school meals. Before long, more than 70 establishments joined in. Now people in need across the city enjoy a range of lunches from local eateries, all free of charge.
2: A hand-brewed coffee with a freshly grilled hamburger. This tasty lunch is being prepared for someone who's lost their job or a child who can't go to school like normal.
1: When Level 3 was announced, actually, we posted about our offer on social media. We thought it would be a short-term one-time thing, but then we saw that so many people were ordering a combo meal. They were coming in regularly maybe every day or every other day or even at breakfast and at lunch so we realized it was really obvious that people needed help and really seriously needed it so we felt we needed to keep going with the free meals and then other restaurants came and joined in too
2: now the a combo meal project is going from strength to strength with more and more restaurants joining in In two months, it's grown from 20 to 74 restaurants, from bakeries and snack stands to bento shops. The charitable project has drawn lots of encouragement from the public.
1: Lots of people need help. If someone is willing to support them, the public will see that very kindly. When someone with the capacity can do something for others, to people who need it, I think it's a good deed.
2: And frontline medical staff are benefiting, too. Loaves of bread line up on the counter as the chef spreads jam to whip up a batch of toasties. In one morning, they've got to make 120 meals for frontline workers at Far Eastern Memorial Hospital.
1: Recently, a very kind resident of Tainan wanted to make us a donation. We declined, but he was very insistent. So we came up with this idea to use his donation to make meals and drinks to donate to Far Eastern Memorial Hospital.
2: More and more restaurants, as well as private individuals, are coming together to donate meals for frontline workers and all who are struggling in this tough time.
0: The pandemic is calling up community spirit in everyone tropical storm, Infa, is approaching and it could intensify into a moderate typhoon by Tuesday. Its periphery is set to bring showers to northern and northeastern Taiwan. There's a high probability of a sea warning on Wednesday, followed by a land warning on Thursday. The Central Weather Bureau says that if the Pacific high intensifies, the storm could make a direct hit on the island. Meanwhile, the seventh tropical storm of the season has moved toward Guangdong Province in China. Tropical Storm Chempaka is currently not expected to hit Taiwan, but forecasters say its trajectory could change as Tropical Storm Infa moves closer.